Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Amen. How's everyone this morning? I hope you're blessed. Me too. And actually, I'm going to take this off so I can actually... Ah, so much better. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wow. All right. That was... A wonderful morning so far. I think if we just left right now and went home, we would say we had church, praise the Lord. Yeah. It's been good. There's some good testimonies, and God is healing people's bodies and healing people's hearts, and he's doing some amazing things in us. And I'd like to talk about a subject today that I enjoy talking about. I just, I'm just, I have so many notes, I'm not going to get to all of them, but uh, I'm so excited to talk to you today about receiving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. I know, I know there's a lot out there about, um, I mean, there are, there are whole denominations of Christians that are relatively unaware that there is even a Holy Spirit, other than the fact that he appears in the Bible. And then there are those that have some idea of the Holy Spirit, but don't know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives either. But um, I want to talk to you today a little bit about receiving this person, the Holy Spirit. Some people think of the Holy Spirit as a power. They think, you know, the Holy Spirit is just this power. If there's power, then we know that the Holy Spirit is in manifestation, but he himself is not power. He's a person. He's the person of the Holy Spirit. And so there are, there are many things in the Bible that give us some descriptions of the Holy Spirit because, you know, we can think about Jesus Right? We understand Jesus is uh, he's a man, so we know what he looks like. We can, and obviously, we don't know exactly his features and what he looks like, but he looks like a person. He's got, you know, he's got ten fingers on his, on his hands. He's got ten toes. You know what I mean? Like, he's a person. But, uh, and we know God the Father. We know that God is a spirit, but we know that he is, the Bible says he's a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. He's He's this incredible, amazing, powerful, holy, wonderful, loving being. And Jesus is the expressed image of that. So we know God the Father is like Jesus. And so we have some idea. But usually when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, that's when people start having these blank looks on their faces and question marks because who's this Holy Spirit? And and they they get some strange ideas in their heads as to who the Holy Spirit is. And... uh, the Bible tries to help us with different ways of explaining who he is by talking about what he does. The Bible talks about, um, even Jesus uses some analogies to describe how he is. And so let's take a look at one analogy of, of that right now, and that's John chapter 7. So if you can turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 7. I'm so used to hearing pages turn and so quiet right now inside this building. I don't hear the pages turning. So I'm hoping you're turning the pages in your Bible at home. All right, go to John chapter 7. And let's look at verse 37. 
John chapter 7 and verse 37. So this is, this is Jesus. He's at, at the Feast of Tabernacles here. And says this. Now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Then he goes on to say in verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow springs and rivers of living water. So we can see here that, well, you'll see in a second here, springs of living water. You think, okay, springs of living water flowing from my innermost being. Verse 39 says, but he was speaking here of the Spirit. So that gives us a, an interpretation of the analogy that Jesus was using here. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit flowing from your innermost being like springs and rivers of living water. So, I mean, again, we're talking about a being, the Holy Spirit, who can be compared to the flowing of water. You know, usually we don't describe one another that way, you know. We don't describe each other like, oh, that person is like a spring of living water in my life. Usually we don't talk like that these days. Or we, don't, we don't use that kind of analogy. I'm just thinking of one that we did recently. And talking about that person is like a rock. We're making this joke or asking friends. And, and talking about, like, yeah, that person's like a rock. And what do you mean? You mean someone who's stable, secure, immovable. And so we use things like that to, to try to convey a characteristic. And in the same way, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit in such a way so that we can understand a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. He flows like rivers of living water. And here Jesus is saying specifically, he is going to flow from your innermost being that way. He's going to flow from the inside. The Holy Ghost is going to flow from the inside. Now, here it goes on to say, in verse, I'm just going to repeat verse 39 and then finish this verse. It says, but he was speaking here of the Spirit, whom those who had believed in him were afterward to receive. Notice that word, receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. Notice that word, given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. Jesus has done a wonderful thing for us. And I think sometimes we don't really grasp or appreciate the value of what he has done for us in the sense of, making available to us the Holy Spirit. So here he's saying that the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified at the time of this writing. But we know that Jesus has been raised from the dead and has been glorified. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. So if he's been glorified, then the Holy Spirit has been given. Hallelujah. Has he been glorified? Yeah. Well, then the Holy Spirit has been given, and it's now simply a matter of receiving. It's not a matter of trying to work to get. It's a matter of receiving. Our, uh, our Bibles are full of verses that show that the Holy Spirit is a gift. 
He's a gift to be received. And I don't know about you, but I like getting gifts. I don't know too many people that don't like getting gifts. There might be the odd person who doesn't like getting a gift because they feel this sense of obligation and then I have to give something back and they're so stingy and that they don't like giving anything and so they don't like receiving gifts. But I would say that the majority of people enjoy receiving a gift, you know. Um, The Holy Spirit himself is a gift from the Father to us. And he didn't just give us a thing. He gave us himself, God, the Holy Spirit. He didn't just give us a thing. And I know sometimes there's, in the way that the, the, the King James is translated, you'll see the Spirit itself. But the Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is a, a he, is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we can see here that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Let's go to another verse. We're going to get some exercise in our Bibles this morning, looking up some verses. So let's go to another verse, and that is Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, and we're going to ver- look at verses 11 through 13. Hallelujah. And just before we get to read that, I want to share a little bit with you about what has happened here. So, in the, in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people knew something of the Holy Spirit in the sense they knew the presence of God. They didn't know the presence of God personally. They knew that the presence of God dwelled within the temple or the tabernacle before the temple. And they knew that that was the manifestation of God's presence on the earth was in this tabernacle or in the temple, in the holiest of places, the holy of holies. So that's what they knew. And they, they knew that the, the priest had the privilege, the high priest had the privilege of going into the presence of God once a year. And so they understood God's presence that way. They also understood God's presence, or the Holy Spirit, in the prophets, because the prophets would receive an anointing from the Holy Spirit. Quite often you read in your Bibles where the hand of the Lord came upon this particular prophet, and the prophet began to prophesy. And you would see evidence of the Spirit of God at work because of the prophecy that came from the prophet's mouth. And you could see in the Judges, for example, different kinds of manifestations of when the Spirit was in operation. When the Holy Spirit would come upon, uh, let's say, it came upon uh, Samson. And so you would see that there was this mighty strength that he had that was beyond what a human could normally do. And it was because the Spirit of God came upon him. And so in the Old Testament, we can clearly see that the Spirit of God came upon Uh, his ministers, and the Spirit of God dwelled in the most holy place. But that was about as much knowledge as they had about the Holy Spirit and who he is and what it is that he does. So there is quite a bit of a difference today because of what Jesus has done. So what Jesus has done is he has opened the way for you to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He has opened the way so that it's no longer just one or two people that are anointed, oh, please hear me. It's not just one or two people that are anointed. It's so that all of God's people are anointed and that the Holy Spirit not just comes upon you to do a work once in a while, 
but that he actually lives and abides on the inside of you, and you become his home. This is something amazing and wonderful. Uh, Unfortunately, many believers have left themselves out of receiving from the Lord this way. They've left themselves out from it because they were either unaware that this is available or they were taught in a, in a way that prohibits them from receiving from the Lord. But, praise God, we're going to spend some time looking at it. Some people have been afraid of receiving the Holy Ghost, right? Because they look and they think, well, you know, I don't want to get some strange thing. And there's a lot of misunderstanding concerning him. So let's lay some foundation here and look at what Jesus had to say in Luke 11, verses 11 through 13. Luke 11, verse 11, says this. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So when you read that, I mean, the automatic response is, well, no father would really do that. Fathers don't do that. Your kid asks you for something good. They ask for something good. You know, can I have bread? You know, they're asking for something good. Can I have fish? Can I have an egg? They want something that that is good for them. So the father doesn't turn around and give them something evil. He doesn't turn around and say, you ask for fish? All right, here, I'm going to, what does he say here? I'm going to give you a serpent instead, or a stone for a bread, right? Or I'm going to give you a scorpion instead. No father turns around and gives something evil when their child asks for something good. And he's saying in the same way, so if you being evil, and he's referring to people not born again evil in nature, know how to give good gifts. That's verse 13. To your children, how much more will your heavenly father Now, right there, you can see there's a difference. How much more will your heavenly father? Well, he's not evil. He's not not evil in any way. There is no evil in him. There is no darkness in him. God is light. There's no evil in him. So if natural people who who are not good in the way that God is, they're corrupt because they're not born again, and yet they can know how to give good gifts to their children when their children ask, I mean, that's a, a pretty basic human trait. I mean, if I was just seeing in the news the other day of some horrific thing where they found some kid that was an adult that was mistreated by their parents their whole life. That is what wickedness does. Wickedness mistreats the innocent. Wickedness hurts and, and destroys and corrupts. That's what wickedness does. That's what evil does. And the nature of the world without God is exactly that. But even in that situation, there's still some good that exists that people know at the very basic root that that's wrong. You can't treat people that way. You don't treat children that way. You don't don't treat others that way. And yet, Jesus is saying here, if you being evil still know what is good, how much more shall your heavenly Father... How much more shall he give you, and what does the verse say here? The Holy Spirit to them that ask. How much more? So you can see immediately here that Jesus is saying, first of all, your heavenly Father can't give you something evil. He can't. He can't give you something that's wicked. 
And I know there's a lot of question out there where people are like, well, I don't know this Holy Spirit thing, you know, it's just kind of strange to me. It might be kind of strange to you, but it's not evil. It's not wicked. Well, I don't want to get something wrong or just kind of, you know, I don't want to, what if it's of the devil? And all these questions that have been asked about that. Well, if you're asking the Father, you're not going to get a devil. That's what this is saying. If you're asking the Father, exactly. If, if you, well, I asked and I got a devil. Well, maybe you weren't asking the Father then. Because he doesn't give that. He doesn't give out evil spirits. He's not handing them out. So there is no evil spirit for you to receive from the Father. Let's put it that way. If you're asking him, he's good. His nature is good. He loves and he cares for his children. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He loves and he cares for his children. So if his children are asking for the Holy Spirit, that is exactly what they're going to get. They are going to receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that should put to rest many concerns about, well, you know, this whole Holy Spirit thing, I'm not sure about it. It should really just put that to rest. Because you can be confident in the fact that God is your Father, and that He is good, and that what He gives is good. That's, that tells you right there, the Holy Spirit is good, and is good for you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is good for you, praise the Lord. Well, how many people, how many of God's children have come to the table of the Lord just to receive the scraps that fall from the table when there is a banquet of good that is set before them. And there is so much that God has for us in abundance because of his great love for us. And yet somehow because of a maybe a low self-esteem or low sense of self-worth or I'm just not worthy or I'm just not, I just don't measure up or whatever standard that we have placed upon ourselves that God did not place upon us in order to try to earn a gift from him. And that has left many believers in a place of not receiving the things that God has prepared for us. And there is so much that he has for us that he is not even telling you that you have to qualify. In fact, there is one who has already qualified for you, and his name is Jesus. He's already gone and done the work of qualifying. And so when he ascended, it was for our justification. When he is glorified, it is so that the Holy Ghost can be poured out upon us and that you and I can receive God's great gift to us in the Spirit. So there is so much that is available in the Spirit of God for all of us. Hallelujah. But there are so many of God's children that have, that have simply just, well, I can get by without the Spirit. I can get by with that. They might not say it. Some say it. But there may be others that have not say it, said that. But their, their mentality is, well, you know, I'm, I'm saved. God, you know, he, he takes care of me. I go along and I live my life. And, you know, when I'm in trouble, I know he's there for me. And uh, I know that when I need some direction, he'll give me some direction in my life. You know, I might have to try a few things first, but eventually I'll get it figured out. And, you know, there's, there, there, there are Christians that live in a way that basically... They're just, they're just looking for their lives to be helped and protected. And that's about it. And know that when they die, they go to heaven to be with God. 
I'm telling you, there is so much more available to us as believers. I mean, thank I mean, salvation is awesome, so thank God for salvation. It's, it's amazing and it's wonderful. I mean, even if, if, if sinners that have lived their lives full of sin and then right at the last dying gasp of air, they receive Jesus because they get to go be with him and that last thing that they do, he still loves them and honors what he has done and they get born again and they go to heaven to be with him. Like, that, uh, like the other thief that was side by side with Jesus on the cross. And he lived his whole life as a thief. And he knew, he's, I, I deserve to be here, Jesus, but you do not. He knew it. And at the last moment, he put his faith in Jesus and Jesus saved him. And that is amazing and wonderful and miraculous. And so we should be very, very grateful for this wonderful salvation that we have. At the same time, that is not the end of this thing. That's not just it. Now you're saved, and now you can carry on through the rest of your life trying to be good and hoping that God will help you until you get to heaven. There is so much more that God has made available to us in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about how I received the Holy Spirit because it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because it was not dramatic in any way. There are some dramatic experiences of people receiving the Holy Ghost. And so, one of the evidences of, speak, of, of receiving the Holy Spirit, the main evidence that we know someone's filled with the Holy Ghost, is they are speaking in other tongues. And I know that freaks people out sometimes. Because they don't comprehend or understand what is this. It's, you know, to some people it might sound like gibberish or just, you know... It doesn't sound like, it doesn't make sense. And it's not meant to make sense because they're not talking to you. So there, there's an aspect of that that kind of people, oh, that's kind of strange. But that doesn't mean that it's not from God. It just means it's strange to your thinking and what you're used to. But speaking in other tongues is, a, is an evidence of the fact that the Spirit of God has filled someone up. Hallelujah. They are full of the Spirit. Remember, Jesus said the Spirit of God is like rivers of living waters flowing from your innermost being. Well, if, if He's flowing out from the deepest part of you, there is going to be an expression of something. Something's going to come out your mouth as an expression of the Spirit of God who is, in, with on, who is on the inside of you, filling you up and overflowing. So there's going to be an expression, and that expression comes out in other tongues. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God gives you utterance. So that is an evidence that we know, oh, someone has been filled with the Holy Ghost. And hallelujah. There's, there are so many things I just want to talk to you about here. I'm going to stay the course and stay on what it is that God wants to say. So let me share with you a little bit what happened with me, because um, I grew up knowing about, uh, I knew Something, well, I don't want to start naming denominations, so I'm not going to do that. But I knew what it was to be saved. Let's just put it that way. I knew that. I didn't know a whole lot more. I knew that I had to be good. I knew that. I know Jesus was true and right and the only way, and I knew that. And I knew that I had to live right. That's about as much as I knew. <laughs> so I wasn't doing too well at that. And, um, and then one day I, I finally, as a teenager, surrendered my life and committed to follow him. 
And so there were some changes and things that were taking place in my life because I had surrendered my life to him, which all of us should be in that place. Amen? Amen. And so there were some great things that were going on in, in, the, in God working in my life. And so uh, there was someone that came into my life that started to, actually the first occurrence, the first time I heard about speaking in other tongues was from a Pentecostal family that I went to school. Well, this guy was my friend and, and it was his parents that were Pentecostal and I guess he was too, but I didn't know it until later. Anyway, um, I just remember we were in the car one day and I was, I was just a young kid. I, was, I don't even know if I was a teenager yet. And they're talking about things, about church stuff and they talk about speaking in other tongues. And I went, what, what is that? speaking in other tongues. And it was strange to my thinking. I've never heard of that before. That sounds weird. Like talking in a language you don't understand? Why would you do that? Why would anyone want to do that? I don't get it. But here's the thing. Even at, I was born again at that time. I was just a young man. But something on the inside of me said, that's right. That's right. Even though my head was going, that's kind of weird. Why would you do that? In my heart, there was this witness that said, that is right. So that was my first, first time I ever heard of that. And then later on, growing up in church, um, I heard of where people would talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And they'll talk about certain things going on and prophecy and all sorts of things. And so I started to get some idea of that. Okay. And I had some understanding of that. And then once in a while, I'd hear someone, <clears throat> excuse me, as they're praying, and all of a sudden, it's English, it's English, and they're praying, and all of a sudden, what's that? That's not English. And I kind of look, but you know what? It didn't, it didn't bother me. There was something comforting about that. So my mind would be like, what? I don't get it. But my heart was comforted at that moment. It's such a peculiar experience. It's such a difference between what your, your, your head is saying and what your heart is saying. Your heart is witnessing to the truth, even if your mind doesn't understand it. And so those were my first few experiences of that. And um, then th- there was a person that came into my life that was uh, teaching me a lot of good things about the Bible. So I was suddenly hearing people pray in other tongues a whole lot more. And at that time, I was, just, I was still learning a lot of things. And so I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I thought, okay. And I was accepting that. But for me... I thought it was somewhat like one of these optional things. It's optional, right? I can, I can have the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues if I want. It's, it's an option. And in one respect, sure, it's optional. It, I don't think it was ever meant to be optional. But because your will has a part to play in it, there's an option there. I mean, being saved is optional, right? Your will has a, you have a choice, you can choose to receive Jesus as your Lord or not. Um, in the end, I mean, all mankind is commanded to, uh, but you still have a choice. And so I kind of looked at, at, at that moment. We are at a little home group church that was just starting up, and I, I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's kind of interesting, but I don't really need that. I'm not a minister. I'm, you know, I don't really need to speak in other tongues, and I don't know if that's really important. I just, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a nice to have, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a nice to have, okay. I wasn't opposed to it, but I didn't see any value in that. And so um, that was, I kept hearing about that. And then 
one of the things I start to realize is that there is an ability for me in speaking in other tongues to communicate to God in a very direct way. And that was one of the things that got me interested was I realized that I could communicate to, to God. There's, there's an experience that is for me and that the Holy Spirit gives me power and ability to live a godly life. And the Holy Spirit makes the things of, makes God more real to me. It's because of those things that I thought, maybe I should give this Holy, thing, Holy Spirit thing a try. I, I know, forgive me for the cavalier way, the way that I say that, but just the casual way I say that, but that was kind of where I was at at that time in my life. I was still, still a young man, didn't know a whole lot. And that was my attitude as well. Well, we, we'll give this Holy Spirit thing a try, you know? Which isn't exactly the right attitude, by the way. But if that's all you know, you know, the Lord will receive you. So, I, I, <laughs> that was the part that's funny. So, I had heard, you know, I read Acts chapter 2, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. So, I saw the scriptural basis for believers to receive the Holy Ghost. Like the verse that we were reading in John, and the verse that we're reading there in, in Luke just now. And there are others in Acts chapter 2 that you can read. There are many verses that you can read about receiving the Holy Spirit. So I, I knew there was a scriptural foundation for receiving the Holy Spirit. That's important. It's not just because so-and-so said, not just because, oh, that's a cool thing. It's because the Bible says. That's what your faith needs to be based on. It's not based on oh, this is just something interesting, I'd like to try it out. It doesn't work that way. It works because you believe that it is for you, that God has given the Holy Spirit for you. The Bible says that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's what he does. The Bible says that when Jesus was glorified, he received the promised Holy Spirit from the Father and has poured out the Holy Spirit upon those who believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. That's Acts chapter 2. You can go ahead and read through that and you'll find those verses in there. So this is the foundation. I saw at this time in my life, I saw that receiving the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues was a scriptural thing to do. And I was very excited about doing what the Bible says. And that has not changed. And it shouldn't be any different for you either. You should be excited about doing what the Bible says to do, praise God. And so I said, well, this is for me, so now what? (laughs) Now what do I do? What do I do? The Bible says this, I can't manufacture some experience. Now, I know some people try. There's a lot of that out there, actually. People trying to manufacture a spiritual experience. I would advise against that. I would strongly advise against you manufacturing a spiritual experience. Because if it's going to be a godly experience, it's going to come from God. That means he's the one who's going to do it. If you are going to manufacture it, it's coming from somewhere else. That's pretty plain. So you don't want to manufacture experiences. And there's a lot of people that will manufacture things for various reasons. But we are not of those who do such things. Amen? Amen. So... 
I, here I am, just a young man, and like, now what do I do? I know this is for me. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? How do I receive? And the, the answer is, you receive him by faith. You receive him the same way you did the Lord Jesus. You received him by faith. You may not have thought that's what you were doing at the time when you did, but you are receiving him by faith because you realized, first, Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord. Jesus has paid for all of my sin. Jesus has given me eternal life. Jesus has reconciled me to the Father. I believe it. And somewhere on the inside, in your heart, not in your head, in your heart, you said, okay, I receive what you did for me. I receive what you have done for me, Lord. You receive him as your Lord. Jesus, your Lord, I'll follow you. You did something from your heart in receiving him. Now, you did that by faith. You did that by faith because you can't see Jesus right now. The Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. You can't see him. You don't know. You weren't there 2,000 years ago to see what he did. You weren't there to see him raised up from the dead either. And when the Bible says what he accomplished for you in the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life available to you and being reconciled to the Father, we only know that because it says it in this book. So you exerted a great amount of faith in being born again, making Jesus the Lord of your life. So you've already done that. That you did by faith. You receive the Holy Ghost the same way. You hear what the Bible is telling you, that he is a gift He himself is a gift from the Father to you that Jesus has made available to you. You hear that in your heart, and you say, Holy Spirit, I receive you. Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. Now, since you can't manufacture experience, you have to really believe that the Holy Spirit has been given to you. The believing comes first. The experience comes after. The believing, what he said, when, that he said that if you ask him, he's not going to give you something evil. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and that he has received it from the Father and has poured out the Holy Spirit for all those who believe. You believe that and act like it's true. So when you ask, you're asking in faith, saying, I receive the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. You do the believing, and God will do the experience part for you. You do the believing, and God will cause you to have an experience in the Holy Ghost. Now, often people are waiting for the experience before they believe. They're saying, well, I didn't feel anything. I don't know. I, I, I didn't, these, these tongues didn't start rolling out of me, so I guess I didn't receive. But that isn't believing. That's you trying to have an experience. That's you trying to have an experience. And the experience will come. But the experience comes because of the believing. And the believing is because God said so. 
So we, we've been finding out from the Bible that God has said the Holy Spirit is for you, and if you ask, you shall receive. So that is the place where you say, I believe I have received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you feel differently? No, because God is faithful. He's true to his word. That's how you know. Now, you might not have any evidence of it immediately, but we don't live by evidence. We live by faith, and faith is the evidence. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, here's back to my little experience here of receiving the Holy Ghost. Again, I mean, it's funny because it wasn't, it wasn't one of these dramatic, you know, suddenly the room was full of light and I felt the holiness of God all around me and the love of the Father and I was overwhelmed, I could hardly stand. And, and just in that place of wonder and amazement, this strange language starts coming out of my mouth and I was filled with this glorious sense of awe and wonder. I didn't have that. Now, some people do, and it is glorious and it is wonderful. But I didn't have one of those experiences. I had one of these looking at my Bible, going, okay, I know it's for me. And I I realized that speaking in tongues being an evidence of his filling me up. So I thought, well, I can do that. That was about all that it was. It was a, I can do that. I knew that the Holy Spirit lived in me. I, I knew. Even when I wasn't following God. I knew down in here, he's in there and he's talking to me. Usually at that time in my life, it was, don't do that. But he was talking to me, so I knew he was there. So I'm like, well, he's in here. I I guess I can do this. And for me, because he's in your heart, I knew it was a matter of opening my heart to the Lord. Right? Opening my heart to God. So in prayer, I'm just praising and worshiping God, opening my heart, telling the Lord what is on my heart towards Him. And then I just started. I'm going to, I realized that in that place of trying to express my heart to God, that my understanding became very limited. You know what I mean. How many times can you say, praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Different vocal intonations in order to try to say praise the Lord. But after a while, the praise the Lord in your heart is bigger than the praise the Lord in your head. Then what do you do? (laughs) That's where tongues comes in. Because suddenly from the inside, you can express more than what your mind can express. And it's not limited to your understanding and your language. And this flow of tongues... Other sounds that don't make sense to your mind, but there's a witness in your heart that you're talking to somebody and that somebody is God Almighty. Hallelujah. It's a language that allows you to communicate directly to Him without your head getting in the way, praise God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful and it's amazing. Praise God. And when you pray in other tongues and speak in other tongues, you're exercising that spirit muscle in your heart. That part of you that connects to God the Father. You're exercising that because you're communicating with Him. Hallelujah. On His level. I think God's pretty smart. Do you? I think He's pretty intelligent. Have you ever tried to hold a deep 
deep theological conversation with a two-year-old. For some of those that live in that deep theological place, sometimes the two-year-old has it. But when you're trying to have this deep theological discussion with a two-year-old, you realize they don't understand anything you're talking about at all. So God is pretty smart. And I would imagine that he understands a whole lot of things. And if I'm trying to talk to him about a situation, he might have a thing or two to say to me about it that is beyond what I can comprehend. And I be the two-year-old in this analogy, right? I don't know. I can't comprehend what he's talking about because it's far greater and just, just vast compared to what it is that I know. My ability mentally to comprehend God, well, I don't think anybody has an ability mentally to comprehend him with the strength of your own brain. Uh, no. The only way you can comprehend him is when he reveals himself to you. There's really some really good things there. The only way that you can comprehend God is when he reveals himself to you. Hallelujah. That's the only way you're going to know him. Praise the Lord. So, tongues is a way of communicating with the Father beyond what you understand. We can turn in our Bibles there. You need a verse for this, I can tell. I hear you saying, prove it to me from the Scriptures. Prove it to me from the Scriptures. We're actually going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There's lots of good things in there, talking about tongues and tongues in the church and its its use in a public assembly. But I want you to look at verse 2. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. It says, for one who speaks in a tongue or an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. There you go. That's pretty plain. That whole tongues things, I don't understand it. Well, I'm not talking to you. That's the next part of the verse. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things. Hidden from your understanding. But that doesn't mean they're not real. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to speak in other tongues. It's a wonderful thing to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is a wonderful thing to receive all that the Father has for us in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, my personal experience with speaking in tongues started just because I decided... I must be able to. And in that place of praise and worship with an open heart unto God, suddenly sounds. I had an, something in my heart, and I, I just put a sound to it. And out of that sound came more until I started to realize that my heart, I, wasn't, I quit paying. At first, okay, at first you want to pay attention to what you're saying. You just forget about that. Forget about that. Hallelujah. Because it's true. I, you want to pay attention to what your head is saying. What is my head saying? Just Or your head wants to say, what are you talking about? What are you saying? What's going on? Just forget about that. Your head doesn't know. We've already established that fact. 
your head doesn't understand it. So you're going to have a bit of a reaction like that mentally. Your, your mind is going to go, what is this strange thing? But if you listen to what's happening in your heart, you'll realize you are connecting with the Father. Hallelujah. You'll have a witness of something good, praise God, going on on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And so I did. Just one sound, another sound, and then string them together a little bit. And I stopped for a minute to go, that's strange. What am I saying? And then forget about that. Let's just go back to praying and worshiping in other tongues. And stayed in that place until I realized there's this flow that starts to come out on the inside of me. Just like Jesus said that it would. Hallelujah. Imagine that. Just like he said it would, it happened. Hallelujah. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, you might have a dramatic experience. And that's wonderful. You might not. But whether you do have a wonderful, dramatic experience, or it's very quiet and personal, doesn't mean you haven't received the Holy Ghost just because you didn't have something wonderful and massive. And No, you still have the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you why. Turn with me to Galatians. Oh, hallelujah. God is so good. Galatians, and we're going to look at chapter 4. Uh, I want to read verse 6, but let us I'm going to read actually verses 4 through 7 just because they're all really good. So let's look at verse 4 first. It says, But when the proper time had fully come, God sent His Son. Aren't you glad that He did? Hallelujah. God sent His Son, born of a woman, born subject to the law. Why? Verse 5 tells you why. To purchase the freedom of those who were subject to the law, that we might be... Now, look what it says here. What does it say in your Bible? Mine says, Adopted and have sonship conferred upon us. That's why he wanted to make you his children. And if you've received Jesus, then you are a child of God. Hallelujah. So let's read verse 6 now. And because you are sons, whose sons? His sons, sons and daughters. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah, because you are his child. He sent the spirit of his son into your heart. The Holy Ghost is there, praise the Lord. Receive him into the fullness of your life by receiving the fullness of him. Receive him, hallelujah, and let the spirit of Jesus rule and reign in your heart. Let him have the prominent place in what matters in your life. 
Let him be the one to lead and direct and guide. Because he's going to do that through the Holy Spirit who lives within you. He's going to guide and direct and show you things to come. He's going to make God more real to you every day. He's going to cause peace and joy and the love of God to rise up on the inside of you. He's going to cause the nature of Jesus, the nature of God to come forth in your life and produce fruit in your character. And you change. You become more and more like Jesus all the time because he is living in you by the Holy Spirit. Remember I said in the Old Testament, they had a place where God dwelled. It was in the holiest of holies, in the temple. And not everyone, very few, had access. But now you have become his home. Now you have become the place where he dwells. And so every believer is now the the resting place of God. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God lives inside you. That's where he lives and abides. And he will live in you, which is an active word. Not dormant, sleeping, taking a nap. He lives in you. And so when he's alive and functioning and operative in your life, he's going to cause the nature and character of Jesus Christ to be fully manifest in you. Hallelujah. We have a great helper. We have one who has come alongside us. You are not left alone in this life to try to live like Jesus on your own ability. You have the great helper. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You have the Holy Spirit, and he will help you to testify of Jesus. He will help you to live right in the eyes of the Father. He will help you to walk in all of the things of God and experience Experience the fullness of life that Jesus has given his life to give you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you've heard me share some scriptures with you. You've heard me share some testimony with you of my own experience. But I know there are those that are listening to this. You're in, there's one of two places. There, there are some of you that are in one of two places. One, you spoke in tongues a long time ago. And you had that initial baptism of the Spirit. Now, you're only baptized once, but you're filled many times. Baptism is the initial infilling when you've received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's that baptism. But you can be filled many times after that. The Bible says, be being filled. Stay filled. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. So... There are some who have had that experience where, yes, I was baptized, I spoke in other tongues, and, you know, once in a while, maybe when things get a little rough, you know, little tongues trickle out of my mouth or something like that. But God wants you full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Full of the Spirit of God continually. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I could use another infilling. Well, praise the Lord. You can have it. Hallelujah. You're not going to ask and God the Father give you something else. He's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And there are some that have never had that experience. They've never been in a place where it's like, well, I I guess that's for me. I guess I can have the Holy Spirit. I guess I can speak in other tongues when he fills me up. You haven't had that for yourself. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray and you to receive right where you are the Holy Ghost. You can receive him right now. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be in the church today to have it. You can receive the Holy Spirit wherever you are. There are so many testimonies of people receiving the Holy Ghost, even driving a car, like just in different places. Pastor Neil's experience was was that. 
in different places. You could be in the privacy of your own home. You could be in a meeting somewhere. Uh, you could be in the supermarket. I mean, I mean, that wouldn't be great, but hey, other people will wonder and ask you what happened, and you get a chance to tell them. So you can receive the Holy Ghost wherever you are. You're not limited in any way. So when we pray, I want you to believe what the Bible has said. I want you to ask the Father along with me, and I want you to receive the Holy Ghost. So, Shalane, would you mind just coming up for a few minutes to play softly in the background? Thank you. So, we're going to pray, and you're going to receive. Hallelujah. And when you do, please call someone. Call us here. Talk to someone. Let us know, hey, I was totally revived. I haven't spoken in tongues for years. And tongues just flowed out of my mouth. The joy of the Holy Ghost filled me. Praise the Lord. Some of you have never had that ever. And... If this is the time when you do this and you have that wonderful thing where the Spirit of God speaks through you, then I want you to call and let us know that that's happening. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who you have given to us. You've given him freely. And, Father, freely we receive. Father, you love us. You have made us your sons and daughters. You have made us your children. And you have sent the Spirit of your Son into our hearts. Hallelujah. And, Father, we thank you. And and we want to act on what it is that we've been hearing today. We're making that decision that I will not leave behind this great and wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. Father, now everyone pray with me. Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. I lift my hands and I receive the Holy Spirit in my life. Come and fill me up. Fill my heart. Fill my life. Hallelujah. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive. I receive. Father, thank you. Now, Father, I thank you that all over the place, those who are hearing, those who are praying, those who have their hearts open, they, they, you're faithful. You're filling them with the Holy Ghost right now. I thank you for other tongues coming forth. I thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for other tongues coming forth. Hallelujah, praise God. Praise God, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W3B1.